0: Hello, hello! Welcome to session 320, Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing well. So today is another solo episode, and it's actually going to be our last episode before we take next month off. Just to, I do these during the year just to kind of focus on self care and to make sure that I'm pacing really well. And then we'll be back in September and October as well, and then we will wrap up. And then in November, I. Plan Plan is to take a sabbatical for six months, possibly a little longer. I don't know quite yet. I think I'll have more clarity as I get as I get a little bit closer. Uh, But obviously, I enjoy podcasting, and I love it. And I am tired. And uh, I feel like, you know, after seven years of doing this, I feel like an extended break is uh, good for the mind and good for the soul. And uh, so but we've got some time before we do that. If you are thinking about creating an online course, I know that many of us may be thinking about that right now now in the midst of the pandemic and in a post-pandemic world, whether it's just to diversify our income uh, beyond therapy work or uh, just to feel like we have a bigger message to share and we want to be able to share that in a different way uh, beyond just our geographic area. If all of that sounds awesome and you've been thinking about creating an online course, I just wanted to invite you to download the free A to Z online course guide I launched my first online course back in 2015 to a $297 first sale, and through a lot of just hard work and a lot of trust in colleagues to purchase the course, we've had over 275 of our colleagues purchase the Healthcasters podcasting course, and I've learned a ton about what it takes to launch, grow, and scale a podcasting course and a course in uh, in general. And uh, that guide just has a lot of helpful information to help you get started. We're also launching something called Online Course School. This is a live cohort experience, so meaning that this isn't like a digital course on courses, although eventually it will have that, but this is more of a live experience where we therapists can gather over the course of six to eight weeks. And what I will do is I will teach you everything that I know about how to launch and grow a successful online course. We'll start with your idea and how to validate your online course. We'll then work through what your lessons and modules and all of those different things will look like. We'll actually take time and and actually do exercises to get those down. We'll come up with your course title and your subtitle uh, in a way that your students are excited to want to purchase that course. And then we'll talk about actually how to record and market your course as well. And you'll be joined with others in community and you'll have an accountability buddy and a bunch of really awesome stuff. And uh, if any of that sounds awesome, I encourage you to download again the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. So we'll get right to today's session And today, I actually wanted to create this solo episode on CBCs, which are cohort-based courses. Now, if you're in the world of online education, course building, any of that stuff, you know that CBCs are becoming very popular. And so, you know, a traditional digital course, someone purchases the course, they consume that material at their own pace. Whereas a CBC is basically you teach that material live and you are alongside other people who are also interested in that topic so there's like built-in accountability built-in time to brainstorm and get feedback and all of that kind of stuff it's a super powerful medium i love the cbc model Uh, we have done two versions or two iterations of our cbc which is online course school which is basically a live cohort for therapists creating an online course a lot of super meta a lot of online course on online it's basically a course a live course on courses and so two iterations both of them are eight weeks long each, and we do two lectures every week. So at this point, I have done 32 lectures, and it ha- I've learned a ton of stuff, made a ton of mistakes. And with this solo episode, what I simply want to do is share as much as I can without overwhelming you. And so what I thought is, you know, just so that we can kind of stay on focus, I, I wanted to share five lessons that I've learned after these two CBC launches. So that lesson number one is it truly gets easier the second time around. The first time I launched the CBC was last fall, so fall of 2021. I also made the mistake of going through an accelerator program while doing the CBC, which in hindsight was not a good idea. Sometimes I can be overambitious and think that I can take on more than I can. I survived, but barely. And so definitely don't recommend doing multiple things if you are in the process of launching and creating a CBC. But that first time, I'm not going to lie to you, it is a bear the first time you create a CBC. There's just a lot of stuff to do. So just some of the stuff that knew about, but some of which I didn't know. So for example, you have to create slides for all of your lectures. That takes its own time. Initially, I was thinking, I'll create the slides in Keynote. What we actually found helpful is Creating the slides on Google slides because one, it allows you to sl- share those slides if you ever need it. The second thing also is, is you, you know, maybe down the line you have a director of operations or a virtual assistant or somebody helping you tweak slides or maybe even like a co-presenter. And it's just a lot easier to sli- share your Google slide deck as opposed to like having it on Keynote or PowerPoint or something like that. And so that's just like one thing. So you have to create slides. You're likely going to have to create all of the like exercises and little stuff that you're going to do with your cohort like whatever you're teaching right you're definitely going to want to do interactive exercises but to plan those exercises out to make them fun and interesting while keeping to you know like our each of our our workshops were an hour and 45 minutes and so trying to make sure that picking a an exercise making sure it stays within the time uh, all of those things were like it was hard and extremely stressful and honestly the only thing that like I was just focused on was like, Mal, just do this the first time around because like every other time will make it a lot easier. And I think that has been absolutely true. So the first time I felt like I was so worried about, was I teaching clearly? Was I teaching effectively? All of those kind of things. The second time around, I was definitely worried about that, but I can also, because I was familiar with the lecture already. Now, on this current one, we ended up making tweaks uh, as well, which I learned that's a normal thing as well. Every CBC creator makes tweaks some sometimes during the cohort, sometimes after the cohort. And that's really normal, but you do less of those tweaks the second time around. And so the second time I was just able to focus on being a good teacher and letting my personality shine more as opposed to, you know, just focus strictly on the teaching. The second thing that I wanted to sort of mention or or tip that I learned is there are tweaks that you may have to make in real time. So an example of this is, you know, there was just, you know, we did this one entire lecture on like a studio setup, and I wanted to basically have, my goal was to have our colleagues get comfortable in front of the video, right? And so there was just a couple of different ways, right? So I was like, okay, maybe I could have them record an entire course lesson, right? Now, that's a good idea, but but the reason I kind of, uh, I felt like there was like going to be too much prep involved, and so I was like, okay, I, I don't know if I can do all of that an hour and 45 minutes, right? Then, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I'll just teach them how to like do a proper set up of the video and and some of the stuff to be aware of, right? But then what would they do? Like, Would they go and set it up during the workshop, which seems like a good idea, but then I could see it also like taking up a lot of time. And so what we actually did is we uh, had all of the students create the sales page video for their website, so for their course sales page. And what I, you know, we did all of these different exercises, but then what I realized is I just couldn't fit in like how to set up like a proper studio and some of the stuff to be aware Of when it comes to setting up your mic and setting up your camera and, you know, lighting and all of these different things. So, what I ended up doing is like creating just some Loom videos to supplement the materials and sharing that with the students after the workshop was done. So, and I think it's just the nature of it, right? Like, there's some, this was actually something that we did between the first and the second one. The first one, I felt like I had to teach all of it live, whereas the second one, we did kind of a hybrid. So, there was some stuff that was a little bit more asynchronous i.e. they could watch it before or after the the lecture, like it wasn't done in live time, and we incorporated live elements into it. I felt like that, I think it makes a lot of sense, the first version to do straight live. The second version, I think, makes sense to do like asynchronous, or if you want, you can do it from the first version on. Just realize you can always incorporate like async kind of material into the the actual presentation. The third thing is uh, guest workshops are very high leverage, so we didn't do any guest workshops in the uh, first version of Online Course School in the fall. And then in the spring, this past spring, I was like, you know, planning about it. So, you know, I started planning three months before and I was like, you know, it'd be really interesting to do like guests, like have guests come in. And so what we said is, you'll have one of our previous alumni come in and share their experiences on something uh, that they did. So, i.e. like we had one of our colleagues, Heather McKinsey, who was actually a previous guest on this podcast. Heather came in and uh, had a super super successful course launch, and she basically shared the lessons that she learned in in having this launch, which I forgot the exact numbers, but something around $5,000 initial launch. And uh, it was just so valuable to students because one, they felt like, hey, if Heather can do this, like Heather was here in my seat just a couple of months ago, and I can do it as well. And beyond that, I think like there's just something really powerful when it's not just you teaching, when you can bring in other people and students just consume and understand information a little bit differently. The second workshop we had was, uh, so we did an entire workshop on webinars and marketing your course via webinars. And I feel like I'm good at webinars. I'm not like amazing as a teacher. Like I feel like teaching and being able to talk about things concisely and entertaining ways, not something I think that that comes easy to me. And so I'm getting like better at it. So I had my uh, mentor friend, uh, Cam Hauser, who's a professor of entrepreneurship at UT Austin's business school and uh, he also teaches video to startups and how to stand out on video so cam just came in and did like a one-hour lecture on uh, how to stand out on video and specifically like if you are doing like live kind of gatherings right this is something we teach in online course school which is you should do like a live run of your course before you turn it digital so you can get as much information and so you know what materials need to be added what need to be taken out all That kind of stuff. And uh, Cam just came in and shared a whole bunch of tips that honestly, like, I had no idea about. Like, for example, if you're doing a live lecture, right? Doing, you know, what do you do if you're in a Zoom room and there are some folks that always have their camera off? How do you make this more interactive, right? So you're not talking to a bunch of, like, you know, just people's, like, pictures or, like, no pictures at all, right? And Cam shared this really interesting exercise where you could start out just by asking, like, a simple question, right? Like, it's going to be dumb, but, you know, if red is your favorite color, turn on your camera. If blue is your favorite, you know, like whatever, right? So you make these sort of interactive and you just get people more comfortable and it just creates more of a fun atmosphere. I would have never thought to do any of that, right? And and I've just realized like, man, there are some people, you know, like so many people in the world that know a lot of stuff. And if you can sort of figure out like, hey, who are people that I could have in my CBC that would add value to my students, but also could teach teach something maybe better than I could. The fourth uh, sort of tip is the I do, we do, you do framework. The students I went through OCS, I felt like they got inundated with this with Mel and his I do, we do, you do framework. This is actually a, uh, a framework that I learned when I went through Maven's accelerator program. And it's such a simple framework, but it's something that absolutely changes the way that you think about your cohort based course. So the I do, we do, you do framework is exactly what it sounds like. When you go into each lecture for your CBC, first, think about a topic that, think about the topic that you're going to cover, okay? And it's often best to just focus on one topic. This was a mistake that I made early where I was like, okay, hour and 45 minutes, let's try to crunch in as much stuff as we can. The reality is it's just, it's too much, right? And stick to one and start by, so the thing I learned in Maven is think about like I do is stuff that you're teaching. We do is stuff that you do together as a group, right? This could be usually, in breakout rooms, and then you do is where each participant does something tangible based on what they learn. right? So ideally, you want to make that transition from a little bit of you teaching some exercises to get them thinking about what they're about to do individually, and then for them to do individually. But what I learned is you should not start at you do, like I I do, the I part of I do, i.e. it should not be about you. Where you should actually start is the, the intersection of the we do and you do. Practically, what this means is when you're prepping each of your lectures, Think about what you want the student to do at the end of that lecture. What tangible thing can they walk away with? And then think about what exercises can individuals do together or add like a dynamic sort of element to the presentation that just takes it beyond you just lecturing. So I actually created a whole entire list of stuff. So here are some possible CBC activities that you could do. You could watch like a YouTube video together on a topic. You could listen to parts of a podcast or like an Audible Recording. You could like uh, pull up like a Kindle book and a highlight from it, right? And sort of have people reflect and journal about it. You could do any sort of like one-on-one chat. So you could have one of your students like kind of be on the hot seat, and they ask a question related to that topic, and you kind of brainstorm together as a group like what they would do, right? You could have a breakout group. You could do what's called a popcorn, right? So, i.e., you you know like you ask a simple question, and then it's like popcorn when we were like in elementary school, right? Like popcorn Mel and that person then shares and they popcorn to someone else, right? You could do what's called a chat storm or a chat waterfall. Basically, you ask a question and then you have all of the members like share in chat what they would do. And it, that particularly like taps into folks that may not want to like speak on camera. You could also do like a case study, right? Like you could take um, a situation, what they're about to do and present it from like, hey, okay, this is the third person and here's what they're going through, in this situation, what would you do? So you could have them, you could have it all in one room, you could have them go into breakout rooms, do the case study together, you could do some sort of a Q&A, you could do journaling, you could do scripts or templates, it's a whole bunch of stuff. So but I hope it just gives you some different ideas of what activities that you can do at that intersection of the we do, you do, uh, particularly at the we do. And then what you really want to do is go back in and fill in any of the gaps with the I do knowledge. Uh, what you will find is the one of the most powerful things, and, and I know that all of us have had this experience in grad school or in in, in any of our trainings, right? We've listened to like lectures that are super cut and dry. And, you know, we're like trying to listen, trying to engage. But then, you know, you ask like maybe three weeks later and you're like, I don't remember what I exactly like. I thought it was interesting at the moment, but I don't remember all of it. We've also been in grad school classes where the teacher was super dynamic, where you did like little exercises, right? And you're like, and you remember those, right? I like... For example, in grad school, I remember when, you know, we were doing like counsel. we was like a counseling theories class, right? And I remember that we like broke out into groups and like mocked what sort of uh, like a therapist using that from that framework might say in a situation, right? I just thought that's a cool way. And I just remember that exercise, right? So you want to create memorable exercises For your students, uh, because as they sort of build out whatever you're teaching, they'll remember those exercises versus just the content. And the final thing that I wanted to share is, uh, you know. A CBC is a lot of work. And personally for me, like we launched the, you know, the uh our new online income mastermind. So this is specifically for therapists that are moving from the therapist chair to online income, either through podcasting or online courses. And I had launched that earlier this year. Uh so we were basically like getting folks onboarded, having chats in January, February, then March. Uh we started the new mastermind. And then in like what was it April, April, May? May, we launched the online course school CBC. That was a lot. Like, it was, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I don't know why, in hindsight, I did that because trying to market both of those things um, just took a lot out of me. And so, one of the things I'm really thinking about is what is integration of the CBC with my mastermind? What does that look like? And I don't know yet. Uh, I'm getting lots of coaching, lots of advice, uh, getting lots of feedback from existing folks. And, uh, Uh, I'm I'm excited for that because I do like the CBC model I realize like I love teaching I suspect many of us do but I also realize like man I'm really in a season of life perhaps now perhaps forever where I really want something that's a little bit more simple I want a like uh what's the word like I really like want to live out this thing of like focusing on my health have a simplified business I want to like focus on other non-business stuff right like hobbies and I want to spend time more with our daughter, right? Like, she starts school and uh, and I realized like, I've got to go down to like one kind of flagship thing, right? And I don't know what it all looks like. Uh, again, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I'll keep you guys updated. But, uh, but if you are interested in launching an online course uh, and really being with other therapists who get it, you know, like when, you know, I think sometimes in some therapist spaces, you can approach, you can say like, hey, I want to launch an online course. And it's almost like the ethics police comes out and like, no, you cannot do that and that the space we're creating is not that Uh, it's more like how do we do this ethically and uh we have everything from like you know legal experts and everything on staff that are helping us think through it and if you're interested in in something like that and just being part of a group of other therapists who are moving from the chair to online income specifically through our courses the best way to stay up to date is to just join the stz newsletter Um, i have something free for you guys which is the a to z online course guide for therapists can download it at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. It basically contains all of the lessons that I've learned from the Healthcasters course, which I launched back in 2015. Been very fortunate to now have over 280 students in that course. Uh, the course itself passed 300,000 in revenue recently this year. And so I've made a ton of mistakes along the way as well. And I put that guide together just as a way to give you some more information uh, so that and helpful tips, And there's videos and a whole bunch of stuff in there. Uh, my director of operations was so awesome. She took like all of this information that we had and, uh, we put it into like a really nice workbook, uh, for you guys, but you can again, download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And it's the best way to know when the mastermind will launch. Our plan is to launch these like in the spring and fall. All and it's going to be. We're looking at March and like a March and a September launch date of every year. All right. uh, Hope we can partner together in this and uh, have a great rest of your day. Bye. I wanted to invite you to download the free online course guide if you are thinking about launching an online course and just want some things that have been helpful uh, for me and some of the tough lessons that I learned along the way. You can again download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, we're actually starting a live cohort called Online Course School. This is a great opportunity to join with other therapists to validate and launch and record your online course. The best way to find out about this and to keep updated when the cohort launches is to download, again, the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide.